Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. It's Wednesday, February the 20th. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. Just a disclaimer, something I wanted to say before I started the podcast. I don't know if you have to deal with this, but yesterday I was doing a podcast, which is pretty much what I'm going to tell you today. But As you know, I record my podcast on my cell phone, and I got a phone call, telemarketer. And so I pushed the decline button, and I continued talking. I'm rambling on for at least another 12 minutes. I looked down to stop the recording, and it had already stopped. It stopped when they called me. So I'm getting calls about refinancing my house, about condensing all my credit cards into one low interest credit card, and also that I've inquired about medical insurance. I don't know where these people get your phone numbers. Medical insurance? I've had medical insurance from my job since I was 22 years old. I don't want to refinance my house and I don't need a lower credit card interest rate because I pay my credit card off every month. So I don't know where they are getting this information that I need their help. So every time they call, I block the number and I'm And I'm so angry. My wife came home a little bit after that. And I was saying every cuss word in the book. It just makes me so mad. I was so, so mad. So I block the number and I go into my phone and I look up the blocked numbers from telemarketers. I've blocked 54 phone numbers from these telemarketers. It's very annoying. So anyway, we're talking about Manny Machado signing a contract yesterday. So I'm a day late, but I just want to say I did try to make a podcast yesterday about it. But today's fine, whatever, right? So we're going to talk about Manny Machado's contract, 10 years, $300 million. 
and also the impact. What kind of impact is his deal going to make on these other free agents that still haven't signed? And then, second segment, I believe there's only going to be two segments today. It will all be Astros content. So we'll get to all of this and more right after this message. Okay, so now let's talk about Manny Machado agreeing to a deal with the Padres, 10 years, $300 million. John Heyman on Twitter, this was what he posted right after the signing. He said, the Padres payroll is still only at $110 million with Manny Machado, so the Padres are not ruling out Bryce Harper. So should the Padres do this? You would have two of the best players in baseball, plus you have 10 of the top 100 prospects. So you'll have two of these great players, cornerstones of your team, locked up, waiting for these top 10 or 10 out of the top 100 prospects. So should they do this? When I was watching, uh, I don't know if it was Hot Stove or MLB Now, but one of the commentators on there, his comment was they shouldn't do it because they don't have the pitching. But what I'm thinking, if you're signing these guys for 10 years, you can already accept the fact that you are not going to win right away. So after they made this deal with Machado, they also posted this. They signed Eric Hosmer last season. You combine what Manny Machado makes and Hosmer, they make 41% of the entire payroll of the 40-man roster. So it's even more if you just do 25. 41% of your dollars are locked up with two guys. So are they going to sign Harper? I don't know. If they're going to spend that much money on Harper, go get a pitcher. Go sign Dallas Keuchel. I don't know. It sounds like a, if, if you still have money to spend and you want your team to win, sign Dallas Keuchel. But... I don't know if they're ready to win yet, but two years in a row, they've signed a big free agent. But 41% of their money is going to two guys. So anyway, when I saw this, I, I was thinking, okay, Harper could sign with Phillies. Now everybody else can move on. So I was really surprised that Harper, I mean that Machado, didn't go to the White Sox. You hear Manny Machado, White Sox, Manny Machado, White Sox, every day. So the, they offered him eight years, $250 million. Now, we never heard anything, at least I didn't, that the number for Manny Machado was $300 million. I didn't know this. But 
the eight-year, $250 million offer, with the incentives, it could have reached $300 million. But what was reported yesterday is Manny wanted a guaranteed $300 million contract. So a lot of people talk about rumors, and like uh, Colin McHugh's wife said the other day, nobody knows what goes on in those uh talks between the players or their agents and the teams. Nobody really knows what's being said. It's all rumors and all made up. And that is kind of a good point. I don't remember hearing Manny Machado asking for $300 million. I didn't know that was his number. So she has a good point there. So I truly thought the White Sox were going to get Manny Machado. I already pictured him wearing the uniform. Another guy that was expecting Manny Machado to play for the White Sox was Ken Williams, vice president of the Chicago White Sox. I had read a tweet that someone reported that he was uh, disappointed. So I had made notes of this. And then, watching TV, I actually saw them interviewing him, and he looked very sad. He looked very upset. He looked very disappointed. So he said he was disappointed and he really thought that yesterday they were going to close a deal on Manny Machado. So he's thinking today, Manny Machado coming to Chicago, we got the deal worked out. And I guess they did not see this coming. I didn't see it coming. So, he thought he was going to close a deal. So, are the White Sox in on Harper is a question. I don't know. They didn't want to offer Manny Machado $300 million. Harper is going to want more than that. Are the Phillies a sure thing now? If you ask me, I'm leaning towards the Phillies. But if you would have asked me about Manny Machado... I would have said Chicago White Sox. So who knows? So will the Padres do this thing? Will they go out and get both of these guys? Who knows? Maybe a surprise team could come up and get Bryce Harper. And how crazy would that be if Philadelphia does not get either one of these guys with their so-called stupid money? So San Diego was a surprise. And the other day I gave you the Pocota rankings, projected win totals for each team. And I thought it would be more. But after the signing, it was updated. The Padres predicted to win 77. It goes up to 79. So you still got Arizona at 81, Colorado at 84, LA Dodgers at 93. They're still... Projected to finish fourth. But you have a team like that that wins about 60 games last season and you add one guy. They're not going to jump up to 80 wins. It's not going to happen. Apparently they have a lot of work to do. Apparently they have a very strong farm system. And just a matter of time before they're good. So how do these how how did this signing affect other 
free agents. So Harper, Philadelphia Phillies, you're on the clock. The number's 300 million. The number for you is 300 million and one. Bryce Harper, he wants the largest contract in baseball history. Manny Machado has it now. Stanton's contract was bigger, but he wasn't a free agent. Just a little note. I already said this, the White Sox didn't offer Manny Machado $300 million, So would they offer Bryce Harper $300 million? Bryce Harper's more marketable. I believe Bryce Harper was worth $300 million more than Manny Machado was. So maybe the White Sox feel the same way. But the White Sox wanted Manny Machado. And I go back and listen to my podcast, and I have a feeling that a few seconds ago I said 300000 So if I did, I apologize. So who else was in on Bryce Harper? San Francisco? They said they're not going to offer him a long-term deal. So why is he still listed as someone that's still in the race? The Washington Nationals, they've already offered him $300 million. They offered him what Manny Machado got. Are they willing to go up a little more? He's already been there. He's already established in the city. Would it be the best thing for both the team and him just to stay there? Who knows? I think it's going to be a bidding war between Washington and the Phillies. Also, are the Padres still in? That would be nuts. You're here all offseason Phillies, White Sox, Nationals, Phillies, White Sox, Nationals, and the Padres come out of nowhere and sign both of them. That will be nuts. So what does this signing mean to Dallas Keuchel? He's still out there. It says there's no clear market for Dallas Keuchel anymore. The Phillies are interested in him, but they're not going to do anything until Harper signs. Are they going to sign Harper and then try to get Keuchel with a lower offer? Or does this mean if the Phillies do not get Harper, is it going to be like I've said before, Dallas Keuchel is waiting for the Phillies to not sign him so that he can get paid more because the Phillies have, quote, stupid money. Keuchel's also linked to the Braves, the Brewers, which I thought I thought the Brewers would sign him last week. He's also been linked to the Rangers. They said the Texas Rangers would be a good spot. Uh, no, we don't want that happening. But none of these teams want to give him a long-term deal, and we all know that's what he was looking for. So what could possibly happen, according to this story, is the Astros... He could just go back to Houston. If he's going to sign a short-term contract and he's not going to get paid what the Astros would pay him, he could go back to Houston. I don't know what it is that people don't want to sign him long-term. I'm not going to say anything negative about him. I'm not sure that I would do it either. But he wants a long-term deal. I think he can get one with Phillies. I believe he can, but he's going to have the hit. He's going to have the bat. How about Greg Kimbrell? 
It says here he wanted a six-year, $100 million contract, and that is not happening. But just like Dallas Keuchel, maybe. Maybe he can get one with the Phillies if they miss out on Harper. He's also been linked to the Braves. Why don't the Braves get both of these guys and put us all out of our misery? Or he could end up going back to the Red Sox. Apparently, he wants more money than the Red Sox want to pay him. Apparently, he thinks he's worth more than they think. But a story that came out the other day is, why don't the Astros go get him? I think the Astros have one, maybe two spots in the bullpen that they could use a free agent stud like this. We already have a closer, so would he come here and not close? He could be the eighth inning guy. They could take turns closing. Maybe Osuna would mind going down to the eighth. I don't know. It, it all depends on what kind of team player you are. But would that be nice to have someone that good in the bullpen? They would find somewhere for him. Send him to Houston. Would you rather ha- Think about this. Would you rather have Kimbrell in our bullpen or would you rather have Dallas Keuchel back? My answer, Kimbrell. Give us Kimbrell. I'll take Gabe Kimbrell. You may not agree with me. The Astro fans are very loyal. There's a lot of people crying for this guy to come back. Marwin Gonzalez, who happens to be my next topic. Bring Marwin back. Bring Marwin back. So Marwin reportedly is seeking a four-year, $56 million deal. When I first looked at that, I was like, man, that's only like $11 bucks." And this Diaz guy makes two. Just go ahead and sign him. And then I did the math, and that's actually $14 million. So anyway, it's, according to the story, it seems like his demands are his biggest obstacle. And I believe him and Dallas Keuchel are both with Scott Boris, who is also the agent of Bryce Harper. So Marwin, they said good fits would be the Braves. The Oakland A's, I, I would hate to see Marwin go to Oakland. And another thing that I don't understand is they let Jed Lowry go. Jed Lowry did awesome last year. So why would they let him go and then sign Marwin? I don't know. Especially if Marwin wants $14 because I don't even know if Jed Lowry got that much. He got 12 or 15 though. But I don't know. And it said he would be a good fit with the Rockies. So Braves, A's, and Rockies would work. And it says here, when Harper finally signs, these guys that are holding on to money waiting for him, or maybe they got a roster spot open for him, maybe they will give Marvin Gonzalez another look. All right, well, that is this segment. Uh, Now let's move on to... Astros content. We'll be right back. Okay, so everyone knows Elite Miss Diaz is our new Marwin Gonzalez, our new utility player. Everyone that I know that either listens to this podcast that I correspond with Everyone 
that I follow or correspond with on Twitter, every friend in the real world that I have that likes the Astros, all of them, 100%, not one person have I ever heard say anything different. They want Marwin Gonzalez back. But this guy is our man. He is our utility player. Marwin Gonzalez, I told you earlier, he wants $14 million. I believe this guy makes two. So, one thing that I know, he can play multiple positions, and his numbers are similar to Marwin Gonzalez. 263 batting average, 18 home runs, 55 RBIs. Not bad. I also knew that he was a former All-Star. So when they signed him, I reported this stuff, but I really didn't look into him. So that's what I want to do real quick. Who is this guy? And let's learn a little bit about our new utility man. So he defected from Cuba in 2012. There's one thing right there. I didn't know that. He signed with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2014. So he had to wait two years to sign his contract because he lied about his age. Was he too young to sign and he said he was older? I don't know. It just said he lied about his age. He had to wait. I don't know if that's a penalty or just an age thing. So he signed with St. Louis four years, $8 million in 2014. His first season, he went from A ball to double A ball. In 2015, he went from double A ball. He was doing so bad that they actually removed him from the 40-man roster. And I think that might mean there was a possibility that someone could have taken him. So he went from double A, removed from the roster, and turned things around big time and ended up getting promoted to triple A. And in the uh, fall, he got invited to the Arizona Fall League, which you know you have to be good to get invited to that. So good. He had a bad year, turned things around, ended up good. 2016, he was expected to be in AAA, but an injury to their shortstop, he got called up to the big club. And that season, 2016... He was an all-star. He didn't make the all-star team. He didn't get voted into the all-star team. There was an injury, and he was picked up as an injury replacement. Probably because whoever got injured was a shortstop, and that was his position. Does that mean he was great? I mean, you you have to be good to be considered to be a replacement. So yes, this guy's good. So anyway, in 2017, the year after he was an all-star, he was hitting 217, and he got sent back to the minors. I don't know what happened. So anyway, St. Louis ended up trading him to Toronto because of an injury to Troy Tulowitzki, who was their shortstop. And so he played for Toronto in 2017, And in 2018, they traded him to Houston. 
And now he's an Astro. And now you know a little bit more about Alidmus Diaz. So the reason I was talking about him, and I wasn't originally going to get into that much detail, but when I was putting the podcast together, that's when I realized I don't really know a lot about this guy. So hopefully that shed a little light on this guy for you, because it did me, because I didn't know all that stuff. So the reason I'm talking about him is the Astros. This was a story on Astros.com. The Astros might have their future utility guy in camp this year. Josh Rojas, a 24-year-old, 26th-round pick in the 2017 draft. Josh Rojas. The only position player from that draft to be in spring training this year. He went to the University of Hawaii. Three years, he played second base. His senior year, he moved to third, and he was drafted by Houston as a third baseman. So as we all know, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, they are going to be in the infield for a very long time, and there's nowhere for anyone in the Astros Farm Club to come up and make the team. So he said he realizes that if he ever wants to make the roster, he's going to have to play multiple positions to get into the lineup. So, in 106 games last year for Corpus, he started 10 games or more at five different positions and nine games at shortstop. He didn't start at pitcher or catcher, which is very normal for a utility guy. And he didn't make any starts in center field. So J.B. Bukaskis, when he got to Corpus, Rojas was playing shortstop, and he assumed shortstop was his natural position because he was so good at it. Forrest Whitley, when he was playing with Corpus, he was quoted as saying, Dude, I haven't seen him make a mistake at any position. So both of these guys spent a lot of time last season with Josh Rojas. So remember this name. I'll say it again, Josh Rojas. I know I'm going to be looking for uh, his name in these spring training games. They came out with a schedule. I think the uh, AT&T Sports Network, they're going to show 10 spring training games And I know the first one's against the Nationals, and I don't remember them saying that was going to be televised. But anyway, look out for this guy, Josh Rojas, the new, not the new one, but the future, the future Marvin Gonzalez. I'm curious to see what the guy looks like. I'm picturing picturing him as a small guy, like a Tony Kemp guy. So if he turns out to be a big old dude, I am going to be surprised. So last season... Moving on here, to Forrest Whitley, when he returned from his 50-game suspension, he posted on social media, and I think it looked like Instagram. He posted on social media that Daddy is back. So yesterday, Justin Verlander wanted to have some fun with him, and he had a jersey made for him with Daddy on the back. 
So he uh, appreciated the gesture and he said he was going to frame it. And it was only going to be a one-day thing. So Astros Future, I don't know if you follow them on Twitter, but it is uh, very good information on all the farm systems for the Astros. You get to know a lot about some of these young guys coming up. Astros Future. Poll, they made a poll. And the poll was, who's going to make a bigger impact for the Astros in 2019, Forrest Whitley or Kyle Tucker? So I put my vote in for Forrest Whitley, and at the time it was, I believe, 900 votes total, and 70% voted for Forrest Whitley. And I believe one thing is... There's a lot of talk that Forrest Whitley's going to get called up in June. And there's also nowhere for Kyle Tucker to play. Now, if these guys weren't out of options blocking him, I think there would be. But because of Kemp and Marisnik and Tyler White being out of options, I think the Astros have a lot of things they need to take care of before Kyle Tucker gets a chance. He will get his chance in spring training to make the team. I don't truly believe that. I believe that these guys that have no options are going to get the chance. But I believe Tucker needs to get his chance. So anyway, there is another uh, Twitter page. I'm going to just call it a Twitter page. I don't know what to call it. But it's called Astro Stats. And his hashtag or call name or whatever you want to call it is at Astros underscore numbers. And he's always putting out numbers. And I found what he put this morning interesting, so I added it to the podcast. 37 days. He's always putting interesting stuff like this out. 37 days until opening day for the Astros against the Tampa Bay Rays. Framber Valdez threw 37 innings last season for the Astros, posting a 219 ERA and a 70.3% ground ball rate. So this goes with what I've always said, Framber Valdez, a poor man's Dallas Keuchel. Framber Valdez, if you're watching him pitch, if you just look at his body, just look at him when he's on the mound. He doesn't look like someone that you would even consider being on. He doesn't even look like he would be any good. He doesn't throw hard, but he gets ground balls. This kid is going to be in the rotation some sometime, and that's another reason that I don't think they're going to do all this extending or re-signing Verlander or Cole. I just don't think it's going to happen because we've got so many good young pitchers and we need to lock up the core. Bregman, Springer, Correa. Sorry about talking about that again, but it just goes with it. So... In other news, Bruce Bochy, the manager of San Francisco, 
says that he's going to retire at the end of the season. Three World Series championships, and he is 74. 74 wins away from 2,000 all-time wins. There are only 10 managers, 10 in the history of MLB that have 2,000 wins. So, I will be looking at this, and I will be rooting for Bruce Bochy to get 74 wins. So his last season, think about it, I think San Francisco won 60-something games last year. I really don't know. 74 wins San Francisco needs to get him to 2,000. So the reason I also wanted to talk about that is because when I read this, it made me think, how close was A.J. Hinch getting to becoming the overall wins leader for the Astros? So right now, A.J. Hinch is number four all-time wins leader for managers in the history of the Astros. 374 wins. The leader, Bill Verdon, number one, 544 wins. In eight seasons, A.J. Hinch is four seasons. So he is 170 wins behind the leader. So if he averaged 85 wins per season this year next, he will take over the lead. I'm assuming the Astros are going to win 90 at least. They're projected to win 98. But if they even win 90, they'll only need 71 next year. So sometime, and I'm not saying they're not going to win 90, but I'm just predicting or whatever, sometime next season, A.J. Hinch in 2020 will be the new wins leader unless something crazy happens. He will be the all-time win leader for managers in Houston Astros history. 85 wins a season the next two years. So looking at this season, all he needs is 18 wins, and he will catch Art Howe and move into third. 18 victories. What would be my prediction for that? Early May, sometime in May. And he needs 42 more wins after that to be second all-time Houston Astros. So as soon as the Astros win 60 games, A.J. Hinch will move into the number two spot, all-time Astros. So that's all we have for the Astros. We'll take a small break, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, information uh, before we go. Okay, so a few things I wanted to go over before we ended the podcast. Uh, First thing, the Jose Altuve Funko Pop giveaway. We still only have three entries for the giveaway, and there are only eight days left. I'm not sure total of the math, but March 1st is when I'm going to announce the winner. If you want to enter this thing, 
you go to at Astros Podcast, which I actually put a picture on there if you don't know what this is, or you go to at Rob Fontenot, one of those two Twitter pages, or you can text me 210-919-1695. You can also use that number to, to make a voice memo and send it in, and I will play your voice memo on the air. Whatever you want to say about the Astros or the podcast, Marvin Gonzalez, Dallas Keuchel, anything you want to talk about, record it, send it in, I'll play it. So, I'm not sure about the lack of interest of the giveaway. I don't know if it's because people don't want to win a toy. Would there be more interest if it was a ball cap or a jersey? I don't know. But anyway, eight days left to win this. The second thing I want to talk about, if you were unaware, is I received the email yesterday for the registration for the pre-sale lottery for regular season tickets. They go on sale March the 6th. If you want to get entered for this and you didn't get the email, you can go to astros.com and click on the tickets link. And then there should be somewhere down there the link to enter the uh, lottery, the pre-sale lottery for March 6th. I think they're going to send those codes out on the 27th. If you win, they're going to send it out. If you don't win, the tickets go on sale March 8th. So the bad thing about this is uh, you can't pick your seats. But the good thing is I had written down that they're perfect for uh, playoff tickets. I won the lottery two times last year, and I got to go to the playoff games really cheap instead of buying $100, $200 tickets from people, reselling it, trying to make a profit. But what I thought about is it would be perfect to buy tickets for opening day, which are very hard to get, and they're very pricey if you don't get them. So this might be your chance to get opening day tickets, and I think the first game for the Astros is on a Friday. So this is possible something that I might be able to do. Not sure. But anyway... More than likely, I'm not going to use mine, and I will give you that code. I entered it anyway just because I like to win, but now that I think about the chances of winning opening day tickets, you don't win the tickets, you just win a chance to buy them early. And like I said, you can't pick your seats, but I'll give that uh, code away if somebody out there wants it. So... Here's something I found out yesterday that I didn't know. Speaking of podcast, the word podcast is a combination of iPod and broadcast. That's something that I did not know. So speaking of podcast, I did receive an email, or actually it was a message on Twitter, from the CEO of Locked On Podcast Network, and they wanted me, 
or they wanted to know if I was interested in hosting Locked On Astros starting in March. So I've already mentioned before that Anchor, which is the app that I use to record the podcast, and if you didn't know, I record my podcast on my phone. I just sit at my desk and I record it on my phone. So the last time someone brought this up to me, well, let me say this. There's people that make podcasts and they are actual DJs on the radio that do sports talk and they have credentials. They get to speak. They have access to the players. They have access that I don't have. They have computers, they have fancy speaker, uh, they have fancy microphones, they have mixing software, they have a lot of stuff that I don't have. So I'm assuming that since I don't have all of this stuff, that nothing is going to come of it. But once again, I thought it was cool that someone heard the podcast and they were interested in me joining their network. So kudos to me. Good job by me. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So that is it, folks. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We will see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening, folks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.